Welcome to the We Go Boldly podcast. I'm Riley Karsh. And I'm Tova Copan. And we're so excited to have you with us on this journey. We are inviting you to the forefront of your own life. We are pushing you to examine your own unique feminine mythology and release the anchors of unreasonable expectations. Tune in as we discuss everything from culture and relationships to careers and advocacy. Let's be bold and brave together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly podcast. We are, as always, super excited to have you with us on the show. And uh, we're excited to talk to you today about something near and dear to my heart. I mean, they're always near and dear to our hearts because we wouldn't be talking about them otherwise. But this one is particularly um, interesting and exciting to me. And so uh, let's get into it. Welcome, Tova. Always excited to talk to you. Uh, not that I don't talk to you every day, but super excited to talk to you on the show. Uh, how are you today? I am good. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I was sitting down and thinking, does this feel so strange? But while you lovely listeners are listening to us once a week, we went on vacation for some weeks in August. And so this is actually our first recording after vacation. And uh, for you, it's just a day in September. And that's cool. Um, But for us, this is like shaking the cobwebs off and getting back into our uh, groove, which would explain why I'm yeah. like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we do this? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I have to say, I, I was on vacation for two weeks, which I haven't done in a very long time. Um, I haven't done vacation in a long time because hello, pandemic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a rough return to reality. So yeah, um, it has been. I mean, it was bumpy yeah it's been bumpy it was uh wonderful and a privilege to be able to take a vacation so thank goodness for that but yeah coming back to reality has been quite the adjustment so um and then of course back to school next week for us so that'll be another adjustment but and let's get into our topic today yeah let's dive in we are talking about miracles moving experiences um pivotal moments in life and how they, these kinds of things impact us, impact the larger community. And as always in this season, what role does that play in this concept that we've been kind of interweaving into everything we've been talking about of collective empathy and, and how can we build a more empathetic society, which I think benefits us all, of course. So we can, as we always do, start with a bit of a definition of what is a miracle. And I want to caveat this with when I, if you had asked me two years ago about miracles, I would have been like, oh, miracle, what? Um, I probably would have, I mean, let's be honest, I probably would have rolled my eyes and walked away from you. I would have been like, that's ridiculous. Um, because for me, it's really heavily inured with this idea of like a Judeo-Christian sort of background. And then as you know, the last two years, maybe three years for me, have evolved, I've taken some of that dogma out of it. And there's nothing wrong with Judeo-Christianity. And I don't mean it in that sense. But if you are someone who doesn't necessarily believe in that um, in that background, 
or even if you are, but you know, it just doesn't ring true for you for whatever reason. The idea that we're talking about today of a miracle doesn't have to be a religious miracle. It's not something that you get sainted for necessarily. It could be, but it's not, that's not the concept we're talking about today. Um, so when we define miracle, we of course go to our trusty Merriam-Webster dictionary. Um, it's one of my favorite dictionaries because generally they don't use the word to define itself, which is a real pet peeve of mine. Thank you to my fourth grade, fifth grade teacher for that one. <laughs> um, she used to call it the pink book definitions because we had this pink dictionary that always used the word to define itself and she would get really enraged by it. So um, it stuck with me all these years later. <laughs> it would like Maybe that was a moving experience for me. It stuck with me all these years later that that was something very frustrating to her. So it's uh, now it, she transferred it to me. Anyway, so uh, a miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, an extremely outstanding or unusual event, thing, or accomplishment. And then, of course, if you, if you look to the sort of Christian science definition, it's a divinely natural phenomenon experienced humanly as the fulfillment of spiritual law. So that's the definition we receive from Merriam-Webster. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm like you, I have also, uh, well, I've also struggled with definitions using their own words, but, um, to define themselves, but I have struggled with what a miracle means to me. Right. And, and what does that, what does that actually look like? And I have been guided, um, by the that Einstein quote, and I know I've mentioned it on the podcast to get to, to before, but the concept that, you know, there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. And I think the experience of both actually um, having children in the like biology of it all, but then the raising of children where you are asked continually to explain things. And sometimes what you're explaining, you're just like, wow, that really is amazing. Like whether, and, and it could be, and I obviously right now I'm sitting here going, I have no example of this, but, um, but little things that, that kids ask about and, and their world is so filled with wonderment and I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but my, my five-year-old, who is my night owl, uh, he often comes to me with deep questions, right? Like, and they come late at night after his brothers are asleep and, and they run the gamut. So one question the other day was, what, where do your bones come from? Right. And so I said, well, you grow them. And, and then there was this whole conversation about how, because I only have boys, he thought that women grew boy babies and men grew girl babies. And so he was just astonished by the fact that uh, men do not make babies. And then that was one night, but it was wonder. I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh, like wild. And the next night was who named the Paw Patrol, the Paw Patrol. 
right? Like, and it was, I was like, well, I don't know about the question. He's like, nobody knows. <laughs> and, like, and, but, right. you know, when you're, when you live with children, um, everything is filled with wonder and is a miracle and is an extremely outstanding, unusual event thing or accomplishment. I mean, everything that they, they learn. And I think through them, I have tried to see more miracles in, in the world rather than less. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can see it in the everyday, right. You can find it in what somebody else might think is ordinary. And so that's the interesting question is how do you define it? And is it even definable, right? Is it even something that we can put parameters around because it becomes so personal? It becomes something that exists within, within your spirit, within your inner world. And it's an experience that you have yourself and perhaps can have it in a group as well. But that collective is having that experience and maybe somebody outside that group wouldn't have the same experience. And so um, it becomes, it becomes very, very personal. And, um, and I think really, really important and, and beyond just a miracle, let's talk about, because that is such a loaded term and there might be people listening who are going, Oh, I don't, I don't really, I don't know about this. I don't I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really game for this. So if miracle is not a term that's resonating with you, let's talk about the concept of a moving experience. And I don't mean like moving into a house. I mean, something that moves you deeply, which let me just say, I did the research for this and it's very hard to find any sort of research on moving experiences. I put that into the Googles and got a lot of information about moving your house. I did not get a lot of information about deeply felt emotional experiences because this has not been well studied. Um, there is now a body of science that is starting to study the psychological impact of what is a deeply held experience that people have. But interestingly, it has not been well studied which I had no idea about actually until I started to do the research for this particular episode. I would have assumed that this is something that people would study um, because of how interested people are in things like miracles and, and big moving experiences. So but a, a moving experience is something that really deeply impacts you. And it could be anything like we were just talking about. It could be anything from, you know, you're standing at, at sunrise on the, on the ocean or, you know, in front of the ocean and it just, on that day at that moment is so deeply moving to you that you feel a combination of emotional experiences. You tear up, you get, you get that, that feeling in your body of being choked up. You get the lump in your throat. You, it reminds you of, you know, a, a hug from your grandma. It, it feels like you're connected to something bigger than you. You get all the, you know, you get goosebumps, you get all those physical sensations coupled with the emotional feelings and it all combines into this deeply moving experience and it's it's really just a sunrise but for you and this is what I was meaning before about it being a personal experience for you in that moment on that day it is deeply moving and there's not a lot of understanding of 
why in that moment it would be other than it happened to be for you on that day. Perhaps, you know, you had a dream about your grandma and this reminded you of your grandma, right? It, you know, there are a lot of personal reasons that it might be happening. But the reason we want to talk about this today is because these moments are so important in our lives. They carry forward for us in so many different ways. Um, and it, you know, and it may, it may be something even bigger than that, right? Like I obviously very distinctly remember the birth of my two children. Like those were very moving experiences, painful experiences as well, <laughs> but very moving experiences. I, I remember their faces, the, their immediate faces when they were first born. And that's something I can, I can imagine in my mind at will. Um, you know, something like the death of a loved one would be, you know, another really moving experience, but it could also be like, you know, you sit down on a bench waiting for a bus and you start having a conversation with a stranger who you never see again. And you have this like deeply impactful conversation. Um, there's any number of ways and moments that you might have this kind of experience. And what's interesting and what I find fascinating is how these moments impact us going forward and how do they change our lives and how do they change the trajectory of our lives and do they i think that's the interesting question yeah you know i i was as you were talking i was thinking about a variety of moments and whether it was a song coming on at a perfect time or or those moments where you know you have your children and they lay them on your chest for the first time um, but some of the most moving moments, and I think this is what we are, are getting to, um, are when you're, sh when you share those experiences with other people, right? When you share those moving moments and there are other people who are having that same experience at the same time. And I mean, you can still feel connected to this larger universe when there aren't other people around. But there is something even, at least for me, more profound when you're experiencing those moments and there are other people experiencing them too. Um, and we're going to take a quick break and then I will back and tell you what I mean when I say that. Do you love what you're hearing and want a little bit more? Do you just think we are really funny and want to laugh some more and spend a lot more time with us? Maybe you love us for our heart to hearts. I think that's it. If that's the case, join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. Our Patreon community offers members an opportunity to dive even deeper into what it means to live a limitless life. We are here and ready if you're all in on this journey with us and want more of us in your life. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly for that extra sauce you always dreamed of. And now back to the show. Okay, so back to the sort of moving moments. I, I, I think about those experiences. I think about like um, climbing a mountain right? Like go when I've gone backpacking and you get to the top of a mountain and you look at the ridgeline, like you look at where you've traveled and it is all inspiring and it is overwhelming. And I'm, I'm looking, thinking about like Katahdin and the view just goes on forever because it's the only mountain in Maine basically. 
and it's this huge, massive peak. And it is a, it is a moment. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever summited a mountain, at least backpacking and not had that choked up moment, right. That you were describing, but then there's something that happens at the peak of a mountain when there are other people up there too. Right. So yes, there is, it is moving and amazing when you're up there by yourself or with the people that you climbed with. Um, but then sometimes when you get up there and there's another group that also summited the mountain and you're there at the same time and you all sort of share this smile of like, how lucky are we to be standing on this mountain at this exact moment with this exact view? And those are strangers that you never see again. And apart from saying, hey, can you take a picture of us? You probably don't even have a conversation with them. But there's, to me, some of those, those most powerful moving moments are ones that you, you share with other people. And you're just kind of like, you're in that same space at the same time and you're kind of in your wonderment together and then and then you go on but you sometimes remember those faces are just that feeling of being connected um and i look at you know i was thinking and i don't know i, I don't think about this often but um there was that plane that landed on the um hudson river and obviously i was not in the plane that would be quite a story um and I was not in Jersey City looking at the plane, but I think that was one of those moments as a country where it was just like, okay, so a guy just, oh, so a plane just landed on the rip. Like, okay, wow. Like, <laughs> that's the thing that happens apparently, you know, like, and, and it was a, it was a moment. It was a moment that everyone is connected. And I know that of the two of us, I am the larger, um, team sports lover. I don't want to say sports lover, but you know, but there is, uh, this feeling of moving experiences, right? Like if you're not taking the time to touch in with your spirituality or, or, or find your religion or find your miracles, if you're not taking all this moments, one of the quickest ways to feel, um, that moving experience and connectedness to others is often through sports teams and cheering for them and um, feeling connected. Um, it might not be a real connection. It might, I guess it sort of depends. Um, but it is, these are all amazing moments. And obviously some of them are passing, right? They're not, they don't all turn into turning points or pivotal moments. But um, some of them are those moments where you just know that the person from this point on, there's like a before and after, right? Like the person who was after well, is just not the same person who was before this. Event. Yeah, I feel I, I feel very similar, although as as noted, I, I don't feel that way about sports in general. Uh, I'll just out myself. Um, <laughs> I do struggle with the connection to sports here in the United States. Um, don't hate me, everyone. Uh, I just didn't grow up with them. Um, but I understand other people do. So that's great. I feel like uh, for me, I, growing up in the manner in which I grew up, which was much more uh, solo more often, I do find that the connect, I am able to, to have these sorts of deep moving experiences 
both on my own, I think, and with other people. I don't find such a difference between the two. I feel like either way, it's a, it's a, for me, it's more of a deep connection to the universe and the universe at large than it is to other people. I do think that there is this concept and it's, and I don't want to go too far off track, but I, I think it's, it's important to note there's a concept of sort of a collective shared trauma, a collective, which I came to mind when you were talking about, you know, like Sully landing on the, on the Hudson uh, with plane, which that was like a shared trauma slash, you know, joy because he was able to land the plane some by some miracle, you know, miracle on the Hudson. Uh, I remember watching it happen. Um, and, and, and so there is that in, you know, you see people who go through these sort of traumatic events together, often band together, and then they're, they're linked for life. Any, you know, anyone who's gone through a traumatic experience with other people are frequently bonded. And there's good reason for that. You know, other people who haven't been through the kinds of experiences you've been through can't really understand it. And so having that bond makes perfect sense. Um, but the, the, the concept of these moving experiences, whether they are something that you experience, you know, by yourself in, you know, in nature, at home, you know, in a movie theater, at a concert, wherever and however it happens, the question becomes, you know, what do you, what do you do with it? Where does it go? Do you just absorb it and move on? Does it impact your life? Does it change your life? Does it change the trajectory of your life? And do you even realize that it's happening? So that's, you know, one, I think that last question, I think is the, the really interesting one. And that is, are you aware that it's happening? And if you aren't, do you look back later and go, oh, wow, that was really moving. And this is how it, this, this is the way it impacted my life. This is how I got to where I am now. I think that happens for people. And I think it's a really interesting question. And I, I, you know, you could, you probably could tell from my voice that I'm getting, like, I get excited about it because I find it so interesting when people talk to us and they say, well, you know, now I'm a, I, I mean, we're both lawyers by training. So now I'm a lawyer and this is my path to how I became a lawyer. And then they tell you kind of sort of their story of how they got there. And they don't even realize that like the moment in childhood where they saw, you know, some injustice happen was the pivotal moment that changed the course of their lives. Right. Um, or, you know, when I have trained people in politics to run for office and they've said to me, well, I used to sit around the table talking about politics, with my parents all the time. And, you know, my uncle was uh, a council member and, in, you know, district five or whatever, but all these things, but I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about politics. I, well, you, you just, this is why the, you know, you have to explain the whole story. These were the pivotal moments in your life. Of course, you know, all these things about politics. And so it's, it's, I think that's the most interesting question of all these moving experiences of sitting around the table, listening to, you know, the impassioned speeches of your, your elders talking about justice or watching the sunrise or whatever it might be for you. How is that impacting your life? I know for me, I can envision the larger ones. Obviously there, there are, I don't know how many smaller ones, but the larger moments of my life that, that, you know, created 
forks in the road and caused me to make decisions that got me to the point that I'm at right now. You know, maybe some of those decisions weren't the best, but some of them were really good. And I'm, you know, obviously happy with where I am now. So it all, it all worked out, but it's, you know, I remember standing in front of a, a piece of art and being so moved. And I think there were other people there, but being so moved by it that it, I wrote a, I wrote a whole story and then the story caused me to think about changing careers. And it was like a, you know, it was a whole experience from one painting. And so that's, I think that's the, the question of how do these, how do these moments move you into your future and how do they cause you to relate to the people around you? Can they make you see people in a different light? Can they make you see people as more like you and make you be kinder, make you be more open, make you be more relatable? Yeah. And I think at least for me, I kind of view, well, I don't know. Oftentimes, um, the events that I look back on that were those forks in the road where now in hindsight, there's almost like an inevitability to what happened next. Like it is just at the time, right. You don't realize it's a fork. You don't realize at the moment. And yet in hindsight, it was a, a big moment. And then for, for me personally, then they've, they've changed the course of my life. But then I, I also think that there are these other moments where, like you said, you maybe they didn't change the course of your life, but they changed who you were and, and as, a, as a person or, or how you just experience the world, what the lens was that you experienced the world through. And they could be, I mean, I can think of a time and this is never, this has never left me. And this has changed how I just look at things. And I, I am thankful that it, that, uh, you know, it, it was a scenario where I was, when I was clerking and, um, as a law clerk, I clerked in that um, at the time it was Dyfus. So it was, you know, youth and family services. And there was a, um, and I love, just as an aside, I love working in that court. And I love the fact that everybody was there for the best interest of the children. And obviously people had drastically different interpretations about what the best interest of a child was, but they were, the, they all thought they had the best child at heart, which is amazing. And um, it was a Friday and it was before Memorial Day. So I'd been at the job for about nine months and the mother of the mother in the case. So the mother in the case was actually in, in a jail and she wasn't in the local county jail. She had been transferred. And our particular local county jail is one of the ones that you really don't want to be in if you can help it. And her, her mom was frantically trying to make sure that she got moved back. And it, it just, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I was able to get the transfer done in time, to be honest. I don't know. I had to run around looking for court clerks, but the point of that is not me doing anything. 
the point of that was just that was that was the perspective that that their life was was like let's get into the safer jail and like this is a woman who was only in jail because of a drug offense right she was not violent and yet her and so her mother was desperately trying to get her to essentially a safer jail her home jail and it it is something that I always hear that mother's voice whenever I experience anything. And I, I am thankful for it because she gave me an insight into her life. And so that I'm not only interpreting things through my privileged eyes, I have this moment that allows me to see things um, through somebody else's is experience. And part of it was because she was so emotional as she should have been. I don't mean that emotional. Um, I think you all, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I don't mean emotional in a bad way, but she was sharing her emotions so much that it just, it, it, it changed, it changed me. And no, it did not change my trajectory. I was, you know, I, I didn't, um, change course, but it changed the way I interpret things and the way I, you know, Riley, you and I were just talking about how, you know, one thing we learned about law school is that life is gray. There's all gray. It's just a big mesh of gray. There's no black and white. And I am thankful for this experience, this one afternoon where I, because she shared her panic with me and then I was sharing the panic because I was running around and, and anyway, and, and I, it, it was a incredibly impactful moment that didn't change the, the course of my life, but changed who I was. And, um, and so I think that, you know, a moment can be anything and you, sometimes, you know, I knew when it happened, what was happening. Like I, I knew, I, I knew when it happened, I was never the same. And yet there's like moments when you like, you know, decide, I decided I was going to law school at the time. I didn't know it was a big moment <laughs> and yet it was. Um, anyway, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Do you need more email? Have you not signed up for enough this year? How is your internet scrolling going right now? Let us help you out. That's right. It's time to subscribe to our Go Boldly Initiative newsletter and check out our shiny new website. Head on over to www.goboldlyinitiative.com to sign up right now. You'll stay on top of exciting news and upcoming events and get a chance for some fun freebies. At goboldlyinitiative.com, you will find info about us, the podcast, our Patreon community, and of course, everyone's favorite, merch. And don't forget, your inbox isn't really full until you hear from the Go Boldly Initiative. Back to the episode. I think that's such a great uh, point, Tova, and I'm glad we're coming back um, on this concept because talking about how pivotal moments, how even these sort of, I'm going to call them micro moments, even though they're really big, but they're, they seem maybe small, um, how they kind of impact the lens through which we view the world. And that in and of itself helps us understand and empathy and, and build empathy. And so when we think about what happens when we're deeply moved, when we experience a miracle, when, when we have these pivotal moments in our lives. And when I say pivotal moment, I don't mean 
that it necessarily changes the, the trajectory of your life. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave a job and start a new job or have a baby or get married or move to a new country. It, it might really just mean that your eyes open to a new understanding. And so I think on an individual level, it makes big changes in our lives. It, you know, it, I think recognizing fundamental truths about yourself and about the world around you is a huge pivotal change in your life. And when people start to do that, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to make light, but like, look at the world around us right now. If, you know, 30% of the population would start to do that, we'd be in a much better place. <laughs> like, you know, if people would start to open their eyes and recognize some fundamental truths, I think we'd all be much better off. I, and I, and I say that with a laugh, but I, I really mean it. You know, if we could start to look at ourselves more honestly and look at the world more honestly, we'd be in a much better place. Um, but these kinds of happenings, these kinds of things help us to do that. And they help to shape who we are, which does in fact shape the path we take, whether we realize it or not, it might not completely change the path we're on, but it certainly shapes it. It, it impacts the way we move through the world and the way we, we impact the world. Um, and generally speaking, I think that's a good thing. When you are moved in a meaningful way, in a positive way by events outside of yourself or events around you, and those events deeply impact your, you and your heart and your soul and your spirit, and you then transfer that back out of yourself to the world, that's, that's a good cycle. That's a, that's a positive cycle for the world. Um, you know, we can engage with our surroundings more profoundly. We can, we can engage with whatever career we're in more profoundly, engage with our families more profoundly. I know I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it, it, it does improve the way in which we are communicating and connecting. And those things allow us to grow this concept of empathy and allow us to engage more empathetically with the people and places around us. Well, and I think that it's important that you said that word profoundly so many times because what you learn and, you know, we know I'm in sales and whether you're a lawyer and you're a sales or whatever, people make decisions about their lives, about what they buy based on emotion. It's why commercials make you cry. And you're like, wait, what was this commercial about? Why am I crying? You're right. It's like, but, but they're trying to tap into an emotion. And so someone could read all day about the need for reform, drug reform and prison reform. And they could read the statistics all day long and they could care about it. You know, it's important. You know, the right thing. And then they can get a call from a panicked mother who's worried about her daughter's safety, who's only in there because she struggled with drug addiction. And suddenly you're like, oh, like the, the emotions or the experience of standing on top of a mountain and you're, you're viewing the beauty of the world. You can read all day long why you should be recycling and why we should be caring about our carbon imprint and the ozone, or you can just stand on a mountain and have the emotional, it's like a punch in the gut of emotions. And you're going, this is a spectacular, beautiful place and we need to protect it. And so 
I don't think it should be undersold that the impact of these movements, moving experiences, these miracles can have on how we make our decisions because we are, uh, as we've talked about, we are emotional beings and that is a good thing, but it means oftentimes that we make our decisions based on emotions. And it, I think if you look back, if you take the time and we're lucky because when we do these episodes, we're sort of forced to take the time and look back on our own lives. Um, it's amazing where there are these pivotal moments that have touched you so emotionally. And you do realize that the decisions that you're making, not necessarily the big ones, but the everyday decisions down to the movies that you choose to watch or could be impacted by these moments that you've had in your lives. And if we are, if, if our goal is towards a larger collective empathy, which it desperately needs to be if we are going to survive as a planet um, or society, the planet might survive. We, we won't, I'm not sure what will happen, but um, we need to tap into our collective empathy And I think that these moments can be particularly important. It also goes to show, and and this is a different conversation, although one we've often had, how important it is to get out of your comfort zone so that sometimes these moments that you're having aren't simply enforcing what you already know in your own life, but are showing you the wondrous things in the world that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Absolutely. The other, I think, important and larger aspect of all of this is when we're looking at pivotal moments, when we're looking at profound experiences, when we're looking at miracles, um, and we're talking about sort of the larger impact, when we're talking about profound moments that happen, oftentimes out of these, we do see big changes, you know, so it is the case that, of course, we can look at it through the lens of sort of the, the micro effects, right, of what we were just talking about. But there are larger impacts. We know that throughout history, people have had moving experiences and out of those moving experiences have created really, and I keep saying the same word over, but have, have made really profound changes for everyone. Right. Like, I mean, you've got the, the classic example of a variety of physicists who have had sort of like a moving experience and then have made some amazing breakthrough in science. You've we've got um, examples in religion and and I hesitate to use these, but we have examples in religion of people who've ha- had moving experiences and then have founded whole religions now for better or worse. That has happened. Um, you know, some of these have been great. Some of these have turned into cults and that's not so great. Um, you know, we have, we have these examples throughout history of people taking their experience and turning it into good. And I think that that is, you know, that is the universe speaking through individuals who are open to receiving. And we'll talk about that more in our next episode, which is exciting. Um, but but people who are open to receiving and open to the idea that we're all connected and that, that there is the possibility of something and some 
energy and some life bigger than just us here on our little planet um are you know are are able to translate that out into useful information for the rest of us and i think that that is you know that is pretty profound well and i just i think of uh, a composer who has mm. has a the miracle of a song in their head which to me is always a miracle. Anytime a song appears in someone's head is a miracle. <laughs> and so it's Beethoven or it's Mozart or it's somebody recent or whoever. And they create, they hear this song and just the mere existence of it is a miracle. And then yeah. they turn it into music that the rest of us hear. And then we can have these collective moments. I mean, when you're sitting in front of an amazing Philharmonic and I dare you not to tear up when Isaac Roman is playing with the New York Philharmonic, it's impossible. Don't even try. And, and they're playing music that was once a miracle. And now watching them feels like you're watching a miracle take place. And it is not necessarily, it's not social justice, but it is certainly fostering this amazing feeling of collective, collective experience. Yeah. And it's connection yeah. and, it's a, and it's connection and it's beauty and it's wonderment and all of those amazing feelings and, um, and wonderful things. And all of that binds us together as a society. And I, and, and art of course is one of the, and I, I put music in with art is one of those places where it is, I think, easiest to receive that kind of feeling. Um, I find it anyway, art and nature are the, I think two of the easiest places to, to locate those feelings. So all of that, you know, allows us to, to connect more intimately with, with humanity, to reach out to people who maybe we wouldn't necessarily reach out to, to connect to people who don't look and sound and feel like us, to people who we don't realize we do have a connection with. And that, of course, allows us to build more empathy and build this collective empathy because one of the hardest parts about building collective empathy is doing it with people that you on the surface don't like and on the surface look at and go, I, I don't know how to connect you. I don't know how to like you. I don't know how to relate to you. We have opposite worldviews. And I acknowledge that this is something I struggle with, um, particularly now in such a polarized world. And in a world where I personally know way too much about too many people, um, it is very hard to connect with some people. And so I think one of the ways we can sort of circumvent that is these kinds of shared experiences. And you know, of course, like we just talked about, particularly like in the arts that, you know, I don't know a lot of people who aren't moved by what Tova was just talking about, you know, or something like it, right? Like some other concert like it or some other art exhibit like it. And so these are great ways to find a way through some of the difficulties we're experiencing and some of the struggles we, we find ourselves in in this current moment. And, I, um, and it helps us, you know, it helps us all if we can be more empathetic, myself included. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. suggest that I am above it in any way. I am 
not. So honestly, just having this conversation makes me feel a little like, okay, feel better about the state of the world. We can, we can do this. We can, we can work (laughs) on this because not because this conversation doesn't say to me, oh, like you said, Tova Riley, you are just fantastic and so empathetic, but it's like, oh, this is stuff we can do. We can work on this. There's stuff we can do. There's stuff we can all do to create connection so that we can keep moving in, in a kinder, more empathetic direction as a society. Like we're not, we're not just here where we are. We can do better. We can all work on it, which is yeah. great timing for us to give you homework. <laughs> yes. Yes. Always homework. Uh, so, you know, we struggled a little bit with the homework for this one. We've tried not to just give you journaling prompts every time because uh, we'd like to change it up a little bit, um, but it's hard. So you're getting a journaling prompt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, not really. Sorry. I love journaling. Um, so what we want you guys to think about this week is reflecting back throughout your life um, and think about all the times in your life that you had these kinds of moments, you know, like whether there are the micro moments that we were talking about, or if it was a bigger impact moment, what do you remember about it? And really kind of dig in, like, do you remember a smell, a sound, a color, a song, place, a person, you know, really dig into the details of it and write all of that down, you know, you know, bullet point it if you want, write it, rewrite it, whatever works for you work. It doesn't, there's no like specific rules about that. Um, and then if you want to, if you're comfortable, take the next step and spend some time with your journal writing about miracles. What do you think about a miracle? Is that something you've ever thought of? Do you think they're real? Do you define a miracle a certain way? Um, what does that mean in your life? How do you feel about it? And then as we always do, we're going to suggest that you reach out to your accountability partner, talk it through with them, ask them what they came up with, what do they feel like, and um, talk about how these moments for you impacted your life. You may find, like we did, that things impacted you in ways you never realized. And that's kind of exciting. Um, And then, of course, reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you found. Talk to us about it. We want to know. If you need some help, we're here. Send us a message. We always want to talk to you. We want to hear what's going on. And um, we're excited to hear about what you have, uh, what you've learned. So we can't wait to talk to you next week. And thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We're honored you took the time out of your busy day to listen and grow with us as we strive to build an intentional life filled with purpose, meaning, and courage. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts today to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to We Go Boldly Podcast so you get notified when our next episode is live. How are you creating a purposeful life? What is holding you back? Let us know over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Go Boldly Together. For more information on the show and how we can work together to create your best and boldest future, visit wegoboldlythepodcast.com today. Stay tuned each week and join us in creating a bold society of limitless women.